Top of the morning, it's a brand new day. I am Roger Dickerman, a fitness and wellness strategist, and this is RD3 Sunday Q&A, time for an informal episode. But first, what a strange Saturday it was yesterday. Yesterday, day 48 of quarantine was the first day that I allowed myself to do nothing. Nothing at all, no RD3, no recording. What a strange feeling it was. But I realized in the end what a necessary feeling it was and what a necessary day it was. The family and I went out to uh, Washington Crossing to take a nice hike in the sun. That felt great. And we also realized that this was destined to be a monumental weekend. Uh, A while ago, my wife Marissa was going to compete in a bodybuilding competition and I was going to run Broad Street. Broad Street Run would have been today. Her competition would have been yesterday, obviously. The times that we live in, those those two things are not realities, but hopefully both will be rescheduled for fall and we can re-ramp up to those things. So today, Sunday Q&A, very tactical today, very tangible. In the day off, my mind gravitated towards three health questions, health situations, more like quarantine-related health scenarios that I have heard from multiple people, multiple clients, multiple friends, And I've given advice on all three of these fronts. And so as my mind consolidated around these three topics, I thought, let's make it the entirety of Sunday Q&A. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this, especially if you see yourself in one of these scenarios or more than one. And those three scenarios in summary, one, pain or discomfort related to home desk and home work setup. Two, Less convenient or non-existent options to get cardiovascular activity like you're used to. And three, fractured and less satisfying sleep. Let's get to them. The common theme among these three situations and the most important note to pass along is that while there's so much that we're not in control of, we actually do control many aspects of these situations. So let's now take them one at a time. Number one. Pain revolving around work setup. Neck, shoulder, upper back, mid back, lower back, hip pain and soreness due to working from home, due to spending more time with a less familiar desk setup. The good news again is you're in control of it and I'd approach it from two angles. The first angle is the desk setup itself. Look at the following aspects. Screen at or close to eye level, comfortable keyboard height, seat choice and quality, posture during sitting, upper back not hunched, lower back not arched away from the seat, seat height allowing for flat feet on ground, and legs not folded or crossed. Boom. Go through that checklist. Change what needs to be changed. If you're not doing that, you can't pass go, you can't collect $200, you're stuck with your discomfort, and you certainly can't complain about it. Make these changes through any means necessary. Rig a setup. Get creative. Stack books under your screen. Swap in and out of seating options. Make it work. Or put the mask on, get to a local Walmart, Target, etc. and pick up something that aids the situation, whatever aspect of the situation that's lacking. The second angle is the residual impact. All right, great. You've made those changes. You've gotten creative and you've fixed your setup. But what about all the tightness and pain that you're carrying from weeks of not addressing it. Attack it. Attack the soreness. This is where simple stretch routines and active release methods like foam rolling, lacrosse balls, 
pay dividends. Get in there. Be your own masseuse. Short-term pain for long-term discomfort. Break out your pigeon stretches, your hip flexor stretches, your posture openers. Roll your hips. Roll through your back. Put in five. This, this is the key right here. Put in five to ten minutes of work every single day until it's resolved. Don't resign yourself to living with discomfort where you don't have to. All right, that's the desk situation. Let's move. Situation number two, scenario number two, less convenient or non-existent options to get cardiovascular activity. This usually uh, revolves around the loss of your treadmill or preferred piece of gym cardio. Gyms are closed. Even your apartment complex gym is likely closed. Uh, So what do you do? Or, and or, you have a lack of comfort running outside on trails or on roads. You know, it's a, it, I get it. It's, it's close to people sometimes, and with all of what's going on, you may say, hey, that's not a risk that I want to take. All of that's understandable. But remember this. There are infinite ways to get cardiovascular activity. Infinite. It's simply the act of elevating your heart rate into a range of higher exertion and holding it there for a period of time. So how do you do that at home? I'm going to give you a list of 10 activities. Pick the ones you like or all of them and rotate among them at a moderate pace for your desired cardio output and time. Shockingly simple when you think of it that way. And it's even better than single modality cardio like running due to the variety of motions. Here are the 10 motions. One, stairs, stair running, stair climbing. Two, jog in place. Three, butt kicker jog in place. That's where you bring your heels up to your butt. Four, side to side skaters. Just think a little little lateral hop side to side like an Olympic speed skater. Five, jumping jacks. Six, shadow boxing. Channel your inner Mike Tyson. Seven, punching with a deliberate rotation of the hips and torso. Eight, light broad jumps. Nine, pretend jump rope in place. And 10, mountain climbers. That's it. 10 activities. Pick the ones you like. Pick the ones that make sense to you. Do them each for 30, 60, 90 seconds at a time. Make sure your pace is reasonable. Make sure your breathing pattern stays consistent. Have at it. Get that 20 minutes in, get that 30 minutes in, get that 40 minutes in, whatever you're used to, whatever you're trying to replicate, have fun with it and get to it. And scenario number three for the day, fractured and less satisfying sleep. This is the one that isn't entirely within your control, or at least doesn't feel entirely within your control. And I am empathetic to that. There's a lot going on right now a lot of extenuating circumstances, a lot of stressors that play into this. But before you give up on it, at least address the low-hanging fruit. Much like the desk work problem and scenario, there are two angles to look at here. Angle one, like your desk setup, is your sleep hygiene. Light, keep the room dark, your windows, right? Address that, address the curtains and shades that you use. Pillows, mattress, blankets, cool room temperature, uh, lack of noise, lack of electronics. Let's take that last one to highlight. With stressors being what they are, if you're not removing your electronics, your screens, phones, tablets, and TVs from your life 
at least 30 minutes before bed, we don't know whether you have a real sleep problem or not. Because again, that's just the low-hanging fruit. Angle number two is psychology, sleep psychology. It's exactly like the desk situation. You've now corrected the desk, or in this case, the sleep hygiene, and you're left with the residual impact. If you're used to your mind spinning before bed, that's what the mind will continue to do or may continue to do even after you've removed what's creating the problem because it's what it's what it's used to. Our bodies, our minds are very habitual. So you may have that residual. So like the desk, like you attack the problem, like you rolled and massaged and stretched through the problem every day until it was over or resolved, try to do the same with the mind. Dump it out. Address it. Pick up a pen and a paper not electronics, and write. Make lists, write a journal entry, talk about it to your partner, to your friend, to your loved one. Dump those stressors out of the mind one after the other. Everything that's spinning up there, one after the other. List it, write it, talk it until there's nothing left to say. Then try bedtime again. It's worth a shot, and I've talked to a few folks that have revolutionized their sleep this way at least on certain nights. And really, if you can solve one night, three nights, five nights, it's well, well worth it. So very, very tangible, very, very tactical Sunday Q&A today. I hope that if you see yourself in one or more of these three situations that my advice pays off, I believe it will. Let me know. And adopt, even if you don't see yourself in one of these three situations, adopt the mindset. Maybe there's a fourth situation. And even though I didn't provide advice on that today, the mindset fits. Control what you can control. Address what you can address. A problem that is persisting in your life, if addressed, may no longer be a problem. Or it may be a half problem instead of a full problem. And then your effort will have been worth it. It's another beautiful day. Have a great Sunday today. And I will talk to you tomorrow.